Hello, and thank you for downloading another podcast of another thing from another radio. What we did is we did a radio show, and here are just some of the highlights, which feels like a boastful phrase, but there's not really any other phrase, you know, some of the offcuts. I actually know that works. Uh, so sit down, relax, get a drink, quite a few actually, and enjoy. Because it's in the papers today that there could be a ban on children having Botox. And I saw that, that's not even the full sentence that I've read. And already I was thinking, the world's gone mad. Why would children be having Botox? I mean, I know a lot of them are up playing the Fortnite all hours that God sends, but I don't think they look that haggard yet, do they? Children, if you're listening, and you probably shouldn't, but the this is a good piece of advice from Uncle Steve, never call me that again. You do realise that old people getting Botox are having Botox, which, by the way, in case you didn't know, and you might not know this, kids, so I'm telling you, Botox is um, made from the toxin botulism, which is deadly. Now, admittedly, the way they inject it into you uh, doesn't kill us, but that's that's the length that we are willing to go to when we reach a certain age, to have poisons injected into our faces. And here's the question to ask yourself, kids. Why do old people do this? It's to look more like you. You don't need to have Botox. You are already the goal that people are trying to get. Don't let this online pressure lark get to you. So apparently more than 41,000 procedures, including fillers and Botox, were given to under-18s last year. Uh, Shows like ITV's Love Island and social media have been blamed for setting the trend. How about this? No one's been honest about it and pointed out that we are just old, right? If you're in your 40s, you think, I want to get some Botox. The reason is they want to have a young face like yours. Don't have an injection that might make you look younger. Because if you're under 18 and you have too much of that injection, firstly, you ain't never going to get served in a pub. Secondly, you're going to look like a baby. And I don't know if you noticed, but they all look like Winston Churchill. So trust me, you're fine as you are. Smudger in Dagenham says, Hi, Steve. I think if I were ever going to have Botox... Ah. Didn't think the first message we get about Botox would be from Smudger, but all right. Uh, I would uh, give a massive amount to both of my feet. My way of looking at it would be uh, that they would just be like a rubber dinghy and I could walk on water. All right, make them huge. Nice. And then I wouldn't have to be bothered that, that the Woolwich Ferry wasn't working because of technical issues or because of strike action. Problem solved. Oh, is that how you do it? Well, let's not name names, but the person who was famous for walking on water. Do you reckon that's how he did it? Just inflated his feet? What about the water into wine one? That's just fermentation, isn't it? Okay. No, I think you're unpicking some good ones here. Long-time listeners of the show might remember the time we read a news story from the papers about a 77-year-old bloke called Philip Warren who had decided to sell off his collection of tractors. He had Britain's biggest collection of tractors or something like that. Yeah, he certainly had more than one. And that's quite a lot more than me. And then I managed to remember and kind of mix in the story the old joke I remember from a kid about a bloke who's in a pub and it gets all smoky and this bloke comes in because it's too much in the, you know, they like you get your bar section and your lounge section of some old pubs. In the bar section, it's just getting way too smoky. And they go, oh, mate, he comes in and he just breathes it all, all the smoke in. And somehow the punchline is like he's an extractor fan. I can't remember how, but it worked with the story. And he's back in the papers. So we're going to do the same joke again. A farmer has sold the biggest collection of vintage tractors in Britain. 77-year-old Philip Warren 
he got, now we didn't know this last time, £342,000 for them. But for 83 of his prized machines. That doesn't strike me as bad. You got 83 tractors for, for nearly like three and a half, £350,000. I can't be bothered to do the maths, but that's not bad for you per tractor, is it? He did, uh, kept, he kept six of his tractors. Because no one wants to be with no tractors. He might need, you never know when you need one, or six. The most expensive tractor at auction was the Cavell's, some, oh, hang on, I don't know. It was, a, it was a blue Ford 7810, a 7810. Stay there. Is that not a phone? Are we sure about this? All right. Well, apparently that's a tractor, and that sold for £25,000. He said that he uh, did a lot of thinking about selling his prize collection, but he decided to get rid of them. And the good news is, now that he's still got... He's got six tractors, so he could get on one of those and go down to the local pub. If he gets a bit smoking, they'd say to him, 77-year-old Philip, doing the same joke, would you come in here and sort it out? And all the other people who are... They're not locals, they wouldn't know who he is. They'd say, how can he help out? And they'd say, well, he had loads of tractors. And then he sold loads of tractors. Well, how's, how's that going to help the, the smoky situation? The barman would say, he's an ex-tractor fan. Here we go, did it again. If ever he's in the newspapers once more, yeah, we'll go through it. Front pages of the papers today, one of them says, what's the actual main headline? Do not wash, stay dirty. Eco-warriors are touting BO as the way ahead to save the planet's water. Now I feel really bad about pointing out how I nicked this, um, nicked this soap from a hotel over the weekend. And not for the reason you would have thought I would have felt bad about nicking something. Life's ever surprising, isn't it? Anyway, the... Uh doesn't smell luxury. Said it on the label, not sure about it. But that's not what we're here for. We're here to get you up to date with the world of entertainment news. And I'm pleased to say, to do just that, we're joined by my friend what knows about what he's talking about. About what? It's Larry. Hello. Hey, Stevie. What have you got for us this time? Star Wars actor Mark Hamill has tweeted his own name and it's gone viral. Did he do that thing where he was searching for his own name, but he put his name in the wrong bit of the website? No, but that sounds like something you know about. Do you search for pictures of yourself online? Ed Balls. I didn't ask what the pictures were of. No, that former MP Ed Balls did that. He put his name in the uh, tweet bit rather than the search bit, and now every year we celebrate Ed Balls Day. Well, Mark Hamill saw a tweet where someone had said that just tweeting his name could make a tweet go viral... So he tried it, and it worked. Do you think that if I tried to tweet my name, it would go viral? Are you asking if you're as popular as the guy who played Luke Skywalker in many people's favourite films? I suppose I am, yes. Mm, well, why not type your name in and see? All right, let's give it a go. Uh, Steve and Alan. <clears throat> oh, no, I just typed it in the wrong bit of the website. Instead of tweeting my name, I've just searched for tweets about me and... The What's this? Stephen Allen is the worst thing on TV. His head is so shiny. I have to turn the contrast down when I watch the late night mash. His Time FM show is a pile of... What? These tweets are harsh. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Honestly, listen, thanks for the update. We'll speak soon. Okay, toodles. The date is the 6th of September. Wow, we're six days into September and I've not done a Christmas feature yet. I know, I know we should. Don't look at me like that, I know. No, because the shops will be doing it, so we might as well get in on the act. So, this is the first of my new strand of features. 
helping you out with your shopping. Steve's Shopping Guide. Should have done a jingle that kind of goes, Steve's Shopping Guide. Something like that. We'll get that made. A pair of sunglasses belonging to Mahatma Gandhi are expected to fetch £30,000 at auction. Wow, that's more than a tractor. Look at the things you learn by listening to this show. You know that to be a fact. The antique rimless shades featuring bespoke octagonal hand-cut lenses. Uh, they were given to the, uh, the seller's granddad by the Indian independence hero's wife in 1910. So apparently they could fetch £30,000. It's difficult to know, though, isn't it? Because I can't keep track of which statues have been protested at for other things. You know, look, people may well do good in their life, but if people on Twitter find out about a bad thing, they start to protest. Well, if you buy these, and in the future at some point we find out that Gandhi gets cancelled, you can flog them on as John Lennon's. Just saying. No, because that's, that's the end of today's Stephen Allen shopping guide. But it feels like I've saved you some money. You could get enough money out of that to buy a tractor. Smudger says, uh, good old Smudger again. Well, I'm giving yourself a review. It says, in our fridge, there are many containers and jars of food that have been there for years. Uh, the wife doesn't believe in throwing anything. Well, it's good news for you, Smudger. No offence, but, you know, you're benefiting from that strategy. Because I think lab technicians would be very interested in some of, <laughs> some of the stuff in your fridge. So, as you can imagine, uh, I'm used to that sort of food. Plus, my digestive system is very strong. All right, well, we'll get, we'll get talking about this in the next hour. What kind of foods would you be willing to eat? As I said, look, it depends how hungry I am. Would I eat lab food if I've been doing this fasting diet thing to try and change my shape? You give me a day of not eating that much, whatever's in that laboratory I'll eat, whether they're brewing a nice burger or they're doing some uh, phenolphthalein. Actually, I better not do phenolphthalein. I believe it to be its quite the potent laxative I seem to remember from my days at university. If ever you wanted to laugh, drop some of that in someone's tea. But don't, it's naughty. Don't do that first year undergraduates. You get in trouble. Not me, a friend of mine with my name. We gave you a heads up about this. There's a think tank that has suggested the government needs to do more to develop and work on the sale of artificial meats. Now, when you say artificial meat, what do you think of? Some people will think of using plant-based things that you can make them taste a bit like meat. Some people will think Friday night down the kebab shop where you're eating something and it probably is meat, but there's absolutely no way you could ever identify the animal this thing came from. It might be meat, it might not be, whatever it is. Feels a bit artificial. And then there's the scientisty people who they think artificial meat is what they can do. They can now grow a burger in a laboratory. And this is the problem with technology and science. A lot of people say, you know, that we develop this science and scientists shouldn't play God. We don't. We, we tend to, as a species, develop technology to find a better way of making a sandwich. We're all about the snacks. So, they got this stem cell stuff and they can then take cells from meat, they can put it in a petri dish and they can grow a burger. I mean, these days they can also just use an app and get one brought round to you, but the scientists, they're more about, you know, they really like people, so they can grow a burger. Would you eat a laboratory-grown snack? Because we have a lot of other stuff that comes out of the labs, don't we? Like all the medicines, loads of things developed, like a lot of plastics. Stuff that you touch all the time, developed in laboratory. But there is something a bit icky about the idea of a, 
a burger being produced. I'm not sure that I'd like it. I quite like the science, but I don't think I want to eat something from a laboratory. If ever I get served something by someone wearing a white coat, it better be an ice cream. Imagine a world where you could save the planet by making artificial meat, but then you'd have to eat artificial meat. Ugh. Ugh. Doug gets in touch and says, Steve, my body is a temple, which means you can put anything in it, but you leave your shoes outside. Does that help? Does that one help? I think this is the question you need to ask yourself. Not like, would you like to eat a laboratory-grown um, sandwich? But if that was the only way to get meat, this is what we're facing, I suppose. Your choice is go vegan or only have meat that's made by a scientist. Let's call him a boffin. Would you eat boffin meat? <laughs> I can see we're in trouble. We're heading towards trouble. We are, we're trouble adjacent with these phrases. But do you know what I mean? If you had to choose between never eating meat again and eating something that was produced in a laboratory, a little test tube shaped piece of meat. Actually, they'd have to change the mold. Even I wouldn't get me chops around that. But would you go for it? I'm not sure if your text was truncated by our system, but it reads this, right? It says, hi, and that's the end of it. Now, half of me thinks your text might have been truncated. Sometimes that happens, but I kind of like the idea that people are getting in touch. Well, I don't really want to join in on this phoning thing, but I don't want to not say hello. Hi, send. If it's free with your plan, you might as well. In the news today, bosses hoping to get their staff back to work plan to let them bring their dogs back. Pharmaceutical giant Sanofi, oh, I think I've had one of their pies. No, I'm thinking of something else. Has launched an initiative to allow dogs at his office in in, uh, in Reading Barks. Hey! Eh? They put that in the newspaper deliberately, didn't they? Uh, canine clauses stating how many dogs can be in an office and how common in leases in buildings. I mean, I understand no one wants to go back into the office because working at home, for years we've talked of work-life balance. We finally get it, and now we're trying to work out how to ruin it and get people back into offices. But I can see there are some jobs where it is beneficial to actually have people. Like when I went to the doctors to have that tongue operation, it would have been better to have a face-to-face -face meeting with someone. But if I go to the doctor, I don't want him sat there with his dog. Oh! That's, that's a cold nose. Oh, what's that? Oh, no, that was a that was one of your devices. Oh, dear. I'm not sure I want the dog judging me. The It's all right for you. You can reach. So there's your podcast done, over and done with. You've completed it. You get a sense of job satisfaction when your podcasting app ticks off another one that you've done and then deletes it and you move on with your life. Do you not feel that? I hope you do, because that could be the only benefit for what you've just achieved over the last quarter of an hour. We'll do more of these, but to plug everything, Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock, me and Eric McElroy, we do Comic Solving Problems on YouTube. Search for Comics Solving Problems on YouTube. You probably could have worked that out. Uh, Wednesday, we're off filming. So Thursday night on Dave, um, Late Night Mash is on. There are new videos I'm doing for BBC Radio Kent called N for News. They'll be on social media as well, so you could follow me at Mr. Stephen Allen and details of those to come soon. Plus, BBC Three Counties on Sunday. There's a radio show that I'm getting involved in. Details of that on the way and all. Uh, but I think I've plugged enough. We'll talk more about this in the next podcast. Till then, bye.